the game while you listen. What's going on here? This ragtag crew of adventurers is covering the problems of the average player. Where should I begin? Discussing the homebrews, modules, and the latest content for all things D&D. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? It's Chef Bolg and the Pirate Captain's recipes for everything. What you're feeling is so normal and perfectly natural. With your host, the Pirate Captain. Everybody loves me and I don't know why. I'm an asshole. <laughs> I really am. The Pirate Captain is a dick. Chef Bolg. Let me take a couple steps back so I can, you know, really get this point across. It's bullshit! And Loke the Bard. Instead of making a deal with Cthulhu or, you know, the greater devil, you found an imp who was willing to give you dark vision in exchange for a gallon of blood. With a little mayhem, mischief, and a bit of bardic charisma, it's time for the show. That's right, we're back at it, boys! Another fun-filled Saturday adventure with me crew... And Loke. Yeah, it is Chef Bog and the Pirate Captain's recipes for everything. With me as always, me bestest buddy, Bog. That's me. Loke the Bird. Me. And Mr. Producer. Hey, guys. Our ruined Chef Bog and the Pirate Captain's <laughs> recipes for everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are a D&D podcast uh, and YouTubers now, apparently. We uh, we've got, appreciate everybody who subscribed to us on YouTube. It's been a, a big journey. Thanks to all of you who have come out and helped us with that. Uh, big shout out. We're going to go ahead and get through all these obligatory podcast things like liking, subscribing, uh, sharing this wherever you pod at. Taking that from a friend of mine. Uh, you can always find us over on Facebook. That is the big spot to find us at. All right. Facebook, Chef Bolg and the Pirate Captain's Recipes for Everything. If you rec- see these three mugs, that's us. Uh, except for him. That's that's our, our bard. We don't We pretend he doesn't exist. Uh, but you can also go find us on YouTube, like, and subscribe to the channel. We really appreciate everybody who's done it so far. We are going to continue producing content right now. I'm working on a little bit of a mini series. Are you a new dungeon master? Uh, kind of like to help you out because there are a million and one players of all TTRPGs. Uh, we'll be kind of focusing more on uh, the Dungeons and Dragons for right now because that's still the only game I cannot speak enough on Paizos and be accurate to want to actually speak about it. But DMing for D&D, uh, a little bit different. Uh, yeah. Big... Some, we, I personally, I, I know as we're looking at over 40 years of Dungeons and Dragons, maybe a year total for any other system. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the big reason why I don't want to talk. Like, it's not that I don't want to talk about or switch stuff. It's just because... I do want to switch it. I, I'm trying to find a group up here. Uh, I did get into a group. We're just kind of waiting to start. And I, uh, I I would actually enjoy to play Pathfinder. And someone were talking about switching over to Pathfinder. I would rather get back into Pathfinder. I like the system a lot better. I've always enjoyed it a lot better. Uh, but they have that issue, too, that they've played 5e for so long. That's all they know. And they're kind of worried that Halo will disenfranchise but we, I, I'll probably have to make a whole thing on that, of how to convince players to try something different. Uh, when I figure that out, make that video. But uh, that'll that'll be the thing. We'll be talking yeah. in the views if of, hey. If you figure that out, let me know so that I can, you know, try and get everybody in our group to try Cyberpunk, Shadowrun, Dark Souls, Fallout, any of the other systems that are sitting out there, you know. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll find there's, there's a few hardcore people that, like, 
probably the people that are sitting on this podcast or listening to this podcast who are more than willing to try some. I mean, I, I used to love the Palladium games back in the day or the Rollmaster or, you know. Oh, yeah. There's, there were tons of other alternative role-playing games. Um, but it, it always kind of drifted back to the, you, you'd play it once right. and then that, you drift that's, back to D and D again. Well, that's because it's exactly it's what happened. It's it's that, familiar. That, that's what it is, and so everybody you know what it is, and you can walk back to it. And Five E did exactly what Five E came out to do was we're going to make it to where anybody can sit down with these books and play the game. Yeah, and you also have there's there's the sunk cost fallacy thing. You you've spent so much time learning the rules, learning the the mechanics, learning you know how to min max your character the way you like it, um, you know over the ten years that Five E's been out. Yeah, you know forty years of D some some D and D tricks carry over from edition to edition. But it. it you know, so you've got all the all these years of time invested to go ahead and spend another, you know, couple weeks reading a, a new manual, yeah. to a new system, and then convincing other people to spend their weeks learning the new system so that they can build new characters and know what those new characters can do and be comfortable with those new characters. Yeah. I mean... It, it's it, big selfish. That, that I, I think is going to be the biggest hurdle. I think you've got it right there is how do we convince players that have been, uh, that, that know it's that comfort zone thing. Nobody really wants to venture outside their, it takes a special type of person to kind of like venture out and go, I'm going to try something different. Uh, case in point, I got Felix, Felix into world of Warcraft and he's, he loves the retail versions. Like, Hey man, I'm going to tell you, if you come back and play season of discovery with me, you're really like, Oh, well, I like how it's set up here. And I don't want to kind of go out and have to learn all this and that. And if you can convince him of anything more power to you, cause he's, he is best friend trying to do that. That's simple. Uh, I do want to talk about something. Uh, Loke, you brought this up on our, our right after our live stream on Friday. You can actually go check out our previous live streams. Those are our pop culture galleys. Those are episodes only for YouTube and Facebook. They will not be pop, uh, they will not be podcasted out. And that's where we kind of talk about different things that are pop culture relevant to us, things that we like, whether it's Star Wars, uh, whether it's anime, whether it's, uh, I'm trying to think of all the stuff that we talked about recently, Avatar The Last Airbender, Supernatural, things that we really love that we don't get to talk about, all that's over on our previous live stream page. Make sure you go check those out. Oh, but you said something uh, that I thought was really important that I think a lot of people should know about us is the fact that we are, we're, we're, play, we're, we're, we're players, we're not publishers, we're not professional voice actors. We're not the only one who's actually talks for a living professionally is me, but I don't talk about this stuff professionally. I I'm a radio guy. I talk about stuff that matters to the place that it, where I, where I live and work at currently. Um, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of people don't realize when they're watching some of these big streamers um, that you, that you see out there, a lot of the, them started out either they were direct employees for places like wizards or paizo or you know palladium palladium they they started out with the long history which gives them a certain insight i'm not knocking these people for that insight it gives them a certain oh, yeah. perspective and insight um but then even like a lot of the the big 
streamers you watch play the game. Those are not average players. You, you know, you don't in an average game, you don't have seven, eight professional voice actors, you know, a professional writer writing your scripts for you, <laughs> you know, laying out your adventures, uh, an art team who can bring in any the model of any terrain you decide you want them to to battle on. Um, I, I was watching uh, one of the live streamers where he does. Uh, uh, it's like a, a high school campaign where you know they're battling the lunch lady and they have minis of you know corn on the cob monsters and <laughs> you, you, you don't in the average game you don't have that option i just wanted oh, to go on record if you're fighting in a, the lunch cafeteria the corner on the cob is the last thing that i'm worried about fighting it's like the mystery <laughs> surprise that can spawn yeah. little smaller mystery surprises well, and, and that's basically what it was the, I, the, the corn on the cobs were the spawns that spawned out of whatever the, the, the big monster was. Uh, but the point is, you know, we are more, our perspective is different. We, we, we keep our, our perspective is at the, the normal, you know, person walking into a game store, we're uh, normies you know, playing a home game. <laughs> we're normies. It's okay to say yeah. we're normies. Like it, I, well, I, I'm absolutely fine is, with is being any, called a normie are, are, in, the, in this sense. I mean, we're still part of the nerd geek culture. Are any of us actually nerd? <laughs> I, I would definitely say that none of us are that. There is nothing about any four of us that would we could take one thing away and we would still be so far into the nerd and geek culture. Uh, yeah, there's no light at the end of our tunnels. Yeah, so we're we're not quite normies. <laughs> well, I mean, we're normies when it comes to the D and D and the tabletop and the nerd world and stuff like that. We're, right. we're those kind of normies, but we're definitely right. we're not, not, we're not getting free publisher copies to talk about that copy. Uh, you know, I don't think we would free. I don't think that they would have offered. Would you guys take insider? Yes, I would take it, but you have to understand that I'm not going to, I'm not going to turn my opinion to what you want to hear. I'm going to, I've never been somebody that tells you what you want to hear. Yeah. I've always been, I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. And we would be clear. What was a sponsor yes. sponsored product, an ad versus, uh, you know, yeah, they gave us this to check out for free. Here's what we think about it. And we would be honest. And the first time we were honest, we would probably never get it from them again. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying that that one place that would definitely want to sponsor us that we've talked about in the past? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Right, I mean, that was we, still one I of mean, my favorite times when we were hanging out, uh, hanging out at the uh, restaurant. Was, was yeah. everything just turned back to an ad for that? But uh, I mean, we've some, we're good to our sponsors, and our sponsors are good to us. And and you know, if they wanted. You know, if somebody out there wants to sponsor us, reach out. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Mr. Producer is sitting there awaiting your calls. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> on a road, it's on, on a rotary line. phone too, of all things. Don't, we don't don't ex if you're not paying us to be a sponsor, don't expect giving me a free book is going to get you a good review. <laughs> Wait, will anyway. You guys get, got him a rotary phone. Yeah. All right, Mr. Producer, put out the campfire. You don't need the smoke signals anymore. <laughs> 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 I did. I was actually surprised that he knew how to use uh use smoke signals, but yeah. But no, like that's that's something that 
a lot of like, and it isn't. It isn't to bash play to to the other YouTubers because we follow quite a bit of them. We've gotten quite a, fo a few follows back from them as well and subscribers, and we really appreciate it. It's not against them, but when you watch our content, this is this is the view from the guy that's sitting across the table from you, the person that's playing the game with you, that's looking at this and going. Does this, does this really make any sense? Does any of this content really do it for anybody? And you're sitting there, you're going, maybe, I don't know. We spend more time homebrewing our stories because we enjoy that kind of content. And I guarantee you if I was to put a poll out there about how much people actually use the content from the books versus what they end up homebrewing. And when I say homebrew in this case, I mean they may use water deep or they may use the settings but they kind of like if they Make don't do story. exactly what yeah. the book says like if this is a water deep adventure manual you don't do you you do what is 100 percent in the manual yeah. the, but if you very off as of an like, inspiration versus settings. reading directly from it <laughs> yeah right one of the reasons i gave up on descent to avernus is because i just the having to prepare and read and know what's coming up was nowhere near as interesting to me as following these threads in my own way. Um, so I was just like, you know what? I don't, I'm not having fun DMing from this book. Yeah. And, and you'll see a, a lot of these, a lot of the YouTube channels who are very big proponents of the pre-written adventures also are the ones publishing pre-written adventures. <laughs> and it, and they've got really good stuff out there. Yeah, yeah I'm saying, you know, like I said, this is I mean, not a uh, dig on them or yeah, anybody. We've got friend of the uh, channel, James Austin, who mm -hmm. um, releases that Tacitus. stuff. I finally learned yep. to say it right. Tacitus. Yeah, yeah. They, they're a good, good producer. They produce good content. And, and we encourage anybody who likes that kind of stuff to go out there and grab a copy. Um, yeah. And his setting is a lot of fun. We've uh, that's where I started. Five E was in his uh, was in that uh, Chronicles of Balladr setting. I, I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I just like I said when you watch this content because we've gotten you're gonna get people are people are gonna downvote this stuff just to downvote it, and I don't care. But just remember that when you're hearing our when you're hearing our takes and stuff like this, we're just the guys across the table from you. We're here to have that conversation with you. Uh, to Regular talk guys with it. nine to fives playing oh, yeah. this game on the weekend, like you guys. So, yeah. I mean, it'd be nice just to sit around and play the game on YouTube, but I don't. I don't know if I could do that though. I don't like when we started this podcast, Bold. That was like our big thing. We were trying to figure out what we wanted to do, and I was like, I just, "There's a million and one channels that play the game, but there's not a lot of people that come out that are playing it that are talking about well, this. Just didn't make sense, or." I don't like the way this is going to happen. Can we do it this way? And that's how this all actually started. So I was, I was browsing Twitch on the uh, Recipes for Everything channel the other day, and there I was browsing the D&D &D section, and the two, two of the biggest watching channels I saw, one was a homebrew, and the other was a guy just... Uh, what, sorry, one was a guy homebrewing, the other was a guy reviewing people's homebrew, and the, the rest were people playing and, and a lot of the people playing just didn't have as many viewers as as you know the the alternative content yeah and, and th those channels that are i mean everybody likes to play um but to get the the high viewer content on those those play along channels without Which for, star power further, <laughs> yeah, further uh shout outs to god mode go out and check his content oh out yeah on Twitch. i still tune yeah. into him quite frequently 
Yeah. Okay. But Without a, you know, famous voice actor, pub, uh, high, you know, selling published author. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of examples without actually targeting any of the... Uh, we're not uh, targeting anybody. Famous YouTube famous, people. Famous directors that, you know, people that were famous before starting their live gameplay. Um, they're not going to you're not going to compete with the critical roles no. of the world that are, you know, already have millions of followers before they ever started putting their games online. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I am like, and more power to them, man. They took, yeah. they took the niche and they said, Hey, this is what we can do and we can make it entertaining. And they're making, they're making quality content. Yeah, right? And if you're, if you're looking for a fix, you're not in a current game and, and you, you just Jones in for some D and D throwing one of those on, especially as like background noise or something while you're doing something else. I can see the appeal. It's just not what this show's about. Mm -mm. Yep. No, we are uh, players like you trying to play the game. And speaking of players like you trying to play the game, let's talk about playing a different type of game that kind of correlates in with this one. And this one's a bold topic. Smooth bold. transition. Yeah. Smooth <laughs> transition. Wow. Hey man, it's yeah, snowing outside. My brain's locked up. That's I'm that... sliding all over the place. That's that radio stuff. Yeah. Um, so there are, you know, classes in D&D that people tend to say are awful. I've had my fun like with them. Bards. Most people think bards are awesome, but, um, you know, monks, rangers, um, people tend to not play them as much because there are difficulties with the class. They're not quite as balanced as some of the others in terms of late game play. Baldur's Gate 3 has made it not only the perfect level set for those classes, 1 to 12, but also have uh, found a way to balance their combat, their magic items, and the classes themselves in such a way that it makes those classes fun to play. Uh, my two most recent characters have been a monk and a ranger. And my monk is now level nine and is dealing about 20 to 30 damage per hit using nothing but unarmed strikes. And my ranger has a um, bow that I've, that builds up charges and uh, has another item that when something gets hit with the charge, they take additional lightning damage and I'm just flying through and he's only level like four, five, something like that. So I, I, I don't think that so much is that the classes are, aren't bad. Like if you were to play without these magic items, th this is my argument against that. It's not so much as that the class is better in Baldur's Gate three because they, for the most part, there's like minute differences to how they play. But I think it's because of the opportunity for magical items in the game. You can find green items, which are just common items, really quickly in the game, right off the bat. You're not even like 30 minutes into the game, and you can find green items. Not and that's even, the if you're fast enough, not even five minutes into the game. Yeah, that's true. But that's the when real... you get off the Nautilus, you can get a pretty good sword. <laughs> yeah. So... If you know, there's there's tricks around in a super easy way. Uh, my cousin showed me how to get the ever burning sword, which really worked yeah. out. But 
I think it's more of the abundance of magic items that actually helps these classes out. And that that honestly tells you about how the how the design of the game has failed where Baldur's Gate 3 kind of came in and was like, well, no, we know that these are issues with these classes, so let's it because there are more monk items. I'm going to tell you the bard and the monk. I see more I've seen more magic items for those two classes in the early part of the game that than the other classes. There's like one or two items for like I've seen barbarian gloves that are just really aren't that great. Um, they like if you end your rage early, you get 15 temporary hit points, and the temporary hit points don't last long. They actually fade off over time rather quickly. So you have to forcibly end your rage, which defensive boosts like or defensive loss and all this other stuff. But there's items for these classes that I think that they expected people not to play or would kind of veer away from, and there's really good items to supplement that. Magic items in a normal D and D game just aren't abundant like they are in the game, and they're not—they're uh, not as cheap as they are in the game. Like gold in Baldur's Gate Three is simple; you either got it or you don't. Gold in a regular D and D campaign, you've got copper that turns to silver, that turns to gold, that turns to Ethereum, like all these different like buildups. And I think that's what Baldur's Gate Three did really well to help these classes. Was like, okay, hey, look. We'll make it. Uh, we'll make it to where you have these magic items to help supplement what your class does. Oh, by the way, that's over a minute. Everybody drink. <laughs> mm. Pack San, <laughs> motherfucker. Pack San. That was drinking games on our live stream. Go check it out. It's definitely worth a view. We sat around drinking oh. as we counted in the New Year's. I got smashed. I yeah. got really drunk at the end. Uh, but you're pretty much right. But at the same no, time, no, 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 it's no. the acknowledgement of the team at Larian knowing that these classes have issues and giving them options to make them better. Um, yeah, they don't have a lot of things for barbarians because barbarians are pretty well-balanced and ferocious class all by itself. Um, yeah, Karlak has been wearing the same gloves that just give her two acid damage for 40 hours now. Yeah, and that's the other thing with the barbarians, you know, you give them a, a weapon that gives additional damage or, you know, that's not a specific barbarian magic item. But well, that's, that, that's made, all they that's all they need. They don't need special Well, that's why I made the argument about the class. That's why I made the argument about the gloves. It's like one of the first pair of gloves you can find in the game that you don't have to steal. Uh, shout out to me for going around and stealing. Uh, I love. We gotta talk about fingers. I love fingers. <laughs> fingers the gnome. Uh, I'd, uh, I'd like to make a quick revision, real quick, if that's okay. Absolutely, go for um, it. Um, the the currency in in fifth edition is Electrum. Uh, oh. Ethereum is a real world cryptocurrency. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're, you're trading in the cryptos. Hey, man, you got that crypto in real life. <laughs> I, I think I have it's a all the rage among the nobles and water deep. Trading <laughs> that Ethereum. I'll trade you some Ethereum for these NFTs. <laughs> but non-funded tieflings. Ex no <laughs> slave trade. <laughs> well, that, yeah. Thanks for giving away my freaking NFT secrecy. Now the FBI is going to be on me. Of course, the Fed would bring it up. Oh man, but. The gloves, like, it, it would still be nice. Like, that was, it was a cool thing. And I've actually seen a few mods that have added more items 
that Larian took out. Larian took out a bunch of items. I was watching, I want to say Demion was talking about it. He was talking about the recent, um, they have pulled out, uh, one of the big mod sites pulled a bunch of mods out of there for issues. I'm not going to get into it. But he was talking about that there was one that went in and it went through the source code and it found a bunch of items that Larian had taken out and it adds them back into the game. And it's kind of fun to see what they want. I, I'd like to see more items for some of the other classes uh, that were great, but they definitely pigeonholed a lot of the early items. There's a hat you can find in that's a really good bard hat that gives you, uh, every time you use a bardic inspiration, a D6 dice. If you buy the item from Volo, there's a ring that gives you bless. If you heal somebody, that pairs up. There's a third item you can get from Zevlar. How you get it from him is beyond me. How did Fingers get it? Oh, Fingers, Fingers, uh, he he uh, tactically acquired it. And Sticky Fingers, <laughs> bro, the gnome. Oh, I, I want to talk about that, but I don't want to spend too much time on that one either. But it's our show. Screw it. We can do whatever we want. I know, but I don't. <laughs> you know, that's not why people are here is to talk about our. We'll have to get. We'll probably start streaming that gameplay. But anyway. But these gloves will cause uh, these gloves oh, cause everybody who you heal to get blade ward. So that's a combo right there. You give somebody inspiration. I give, let's say, well, Bolg, you're our healer in that game. If you heal me, let's say you were a bard and that you're our cleric, you heal me as the as the gnome rogue. I'm getting bless, which is going to help my attack. I get Bardic Inspiration and Blade Ward, and it's a great combo item, but you would never try and imagine giving that to your players that early in the game, that kind of like devastating combo. As a DM, you'd almost break your own game. Yeah, yeah and there's, I mean, a lot of, there's a lot of combo items that are specifically designed to be combo items. Like, uh, there's, there's gloves that give you a lightning charge when you attack. Um, there's that, a... There's a staff that does it too that yeah. uh, works really well with the warlocks. Right, and then there's like a pair of boots that every time you get a lightning charge, uh, it they do something out. They'll heal you, or they'll you know give yeah. you temporary hit points or something. Where they they combo together. Where if you as long as you got both, you're you're getting the stacking benefits. Um, yeah, and and. Um... To further, you know, say stuff, Larian has balanced these encounters so that even with all of that on your side, you can still get your shit wrecked. Oh, yeah. Uh, how many times we have to restart the other night because we got just trounced? I was just like, trying to... I Like, the worst part about that was, like, trying to sneak in and actively kill things and getting my face wrecked in. But, yeah, no, it, it, it's true. Uh, one mishap, one bad roll in the game can definitely take it out. But as a DM, it's going to be a little bit harder because you don't have the random number generators that are actively working to help balance it out. Whether you're playing with karmic dice on or not, it's still there to kind of give... Every game will always give the edge, not to the player, but to the NPC. Um, case in point, Mr. Al, you're going to drink again using World of Warcraft. Um, the lower health you get, the more chance you're going to get freaking hurt and that's the idea behind it like you you get critical hits and stuff like that a lot i've noticed that a lot of that playing yeah. in the classic but these are the things like 
the edge always goes to the NPC because you're the player. You can always come back in and recalculate that. But if you blow through, if you blow through an encounter and stuff like that, then the game doesn't become any fun. Nobody wants to go back in and play it. Yeah, and we we've talked before about how bad the CR system already is. When you start adding in magic items, uh, it accentuates the problem with the CR system, where you know you can't get a CR calculation to work for a party once they get to like level eight or nine if they got a normal amount of magic items if they had like a larian level of magic items it would be i mean you're just throwing out stupid numbers of of stuff to try and make the, the cr system work yeah whereas or, they've or tweaked, stupid high uh, yeah where they've they've tweaked their internal mechanics and numbers using their own formulas for you know what's a good fair fight which what, they to uh to all credit to them they perfected with divinity 2 um so all they had to do was transfer that over to 5e which divinity 2 was already built on a d20 based system yeah so but um yeah I, the it's a it's the dilemma of the dm when building things do i want my players to have access to this stuff and make my job harder by having to tweak things and and that kind of thing or do i just set up these encounters and let them go at them and throw themselves at them and potentially get themselves tpk'd yeah because they don't have you know the right amount of help and the uh the problem is when you know a player chooses a monk and then you get to level 15 and they're not satisfied anymore because they're not doing anything well, maybe, maybe. Oh, and a lot of that has to do with the party balance, too. Whereas in Baldur's Gate, if you're playing a solo campaign, you've designed your one main character, um, but they've kind of already, they're giving you a, a more standard choice party members, which you can tweak as you go. You know, you can multi-class them into other things and change the way they're, they're designed to be. Um, but you're, you're going to come up with a more balanced... Uh, Should party. every campaign have a withers? Uh, yes, yes. But withers not so much to change your class because you can technically do that in the new five E rules. Uh, what you can't do though is pay gold to revive your friends that easily. Like go back to camp and just you'd have to go into oh, yeah. town and get a cleric. But I think having a withers to revive people or hire people out too. Having the hirelings is really good sometimes when you need like a certain situation, uh, a certain role fixed and stuff like that. And you don't really, maybe you don't care for a certain character in the party and you want to have that certain person around. It kind of helps out. So, cause I don't maybe like you stake your rogue every time he shows up. <laughs> what, are you, what, are you, what are you, what are you saying against I, me? Huh? Not against you. It's, it's the default. Rogue you get. Yeah, Asterian, Yeah, I just I had every, I just pissed him off last night. I, 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 I every, every time I've played, I've staked him as soon as you got the option. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame he's, he's got a good storyline. His bite yeah. is really good, though. I like his bite as a little side piece, and that's something too. It would be sparkle really cool. vampire. I don't like sparkle vampire. He's not sparkle vampire though. Yeah, he's, he's personality wise. Yeah, yeah personality okay. wise. He's, person he's he's foppish personality wise, but also like deadly foppish, femme fatale in a male body. Yeah, <laughs> but I, 
I think. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I do want. I, I do want to bring up one other point. Larian has made you know changes to actual game mechanics from Five E to Baldur's Gate that I love, and there's some that are questionable, but like um, Long Strider being a ritual ritual spell and being able to cast it and it lasts a long rest is beautiful gives us that extra little bit of movement 3.5 meters bitches the fact that potions are not only found but can also be made without a whole bunch of complicated rules just three of this ingredient three of this ingredient extract them make your potion yeah beautiful and it's uh, like the way that my monk works right now in my my uh, monk playthrough is that I am where I am a drow. I have the cat's grace armor, which gives me my decks up to twenty and advantage on basically all dex based skill checks, which makes going through doors ridiculously easy. Hit it with the cat um, save, boys. I'm wearing gloves that give me a plus. Uh, I mean, one to, it gives me a D4 of fire damage with a weapon or a D4 of necrotic with just my fists. And um, I'm using Tavern Brawler and a potion of hill giant strength because Tavern Brawler's change was that instead of it just adding your strength modifier, it doubles it. That would actually be a really good change for the feat. Yeah. And it... it, it the way it happens is it actually adds your strength modifier on top of the modifier that's already there. It's not actually doubling it because I use my decks for the first bit and then the strength for the second bit. That's why I need the potion of uh, hill giant strength. Yeah. But I, like I said, I'm dealing 20 to 30 damage per hit with my, uh, with my monk. That's insane for a level nine monk. I mean, it's just insane for a monk in general. So let's just go with that. No, it, it... I think it would be really cool, and I'm sure that there are out there I haven't looked too deeply because I haven't actually gotten to play uh, any D&D since I moved up to Indiana uh, from when we were doing this down in Florida. But I'd like to see some more of the homebrews of taking some of the items from Baldur's Gate 3 that kind of help these classes out. It's really nice to be able to have different interactions with different abilities. Like I said, the staff that helps Warlocks, every time you cast a cantrip, say the line, Warlock, I cast Eldritch Blast. You build up these lightning charges, and then it's for, and, and I'm pretty sure it counts for every cast, and it counts the Eldritch Blast as two right now because it casts twice uh, because it's got two two beams uh, at current level. So it builds these charges up, and then it does extra lightning damage when you have four full charges. And then I also have those boots that do the, uh, the extra effect. I don't think mine heal, though. I think they just do extra damage. So it just kind of, like, compounds on each other. And it'd be nice to see some of these for... Like I said, to help the classes that kind of need it. Not every class needs a leg up. Obviously, we were talking Barbarian doesn't need the leg up. But it'd be nice to see stuff that actually makes you want to play a bard the way bards are supposed to be played. Well, hey, look, D6, every time you use Bardic Inspiration, wouldn't that be really cool? Some of them aren't majorly... A D6 in early game, probably a little broken. But, but now, it, kinda... even with the... The classes like the bar, the barbarian that don't need the help. Who's playing a non-totem barbarian? Ooh, Wild Surge in uh, BG3 <laughs> right now. Fucking hilarious. Except for it's not detrimental effects like the sorcerer is, and that's kind of lame, but it's fucking mm -hmm. hilarious. Uh, I mean, uh, my point just went, boo, as I shifted <laughs> my head. 
you know, if you keep your brains inside your head, you don't have to wear a hat to, you know, keep them in there. Uh, but the magic items could be done fairly simply um, and could be scaled back a little bit because of, you know, obviously balance options, table versus video game. Uh, but hey, Larian. First of all, you're beautiful. I love you. But second of all, way to um, be a mark. <laughs> you've already given us the character sheets for all the characters. Why not give us the magic items? Yeah. I think people would pay for that too. Straight up. Mm-hmm. Um, I would. Oh, yeah. I tell you what people wouldn't pay for. Healing. I'd buy that for a dollar. Ow. I, I saw this article. I was kind of digging through some show prep. Uh, it's in the show notes stuff if you guys haven't taken a look yet. Uh, how to keep your uh, D&D party alive without a healer character. And uh, there's... Uh, let me show it to everybody. Not you. Let me show it to the viewers. Uh, this is it right here. It's from The Gamer. Uh, it's a story by Zachary Wiggs. How to keep your D&D party alive without a healer character. And he, and he's, he makes good... He makes the the logical points, but I'm going to make my arguments of which ones I think work better. And I think the, there's one in here that I completely forgot was a thing and I think would actually be really good. But health potions. And yeah. it goes back to what you were saying, like in BG3, how they're so much easier to find or make. I'm not saying they got to be abundant, which they are abundant in BG3, but you're expected to take a lot more damage in there. But they don't do a lot. It's not like you're getting like some heavy... D6 or you know 2D6 potion right at the beginning of the game unless you're lucky and the uh, random number generator gives you one. I think I got one right before I went into the Goblin Village, Uh, not the one that they raided, but their actual campsite and stuff like that. Uh, But buy and carry a ton of healing potions, and he's right about that. But if we had more access to making our own healing potions. I don't think players would feel that they have to be a cleric or there has to be a druid or it has to be a bard or somebody that does healing stuff naturally, not somebody like the celestial warlock or dumb bullshit like that. But the, the more the ones that are like not like what we would consider natural healers. But I think, I think having uh healing potions or access to healing potions would be awesome. Let's say I'm you, a big, I'm a big fan of healing potion method of like this is one of the major differences between 5e and previous versions of D&D is the availability. You don't need to have a pure healer in the current model for these reasons and others. But in in the old editions, if you didn't have a cleric, you weren't getting healed. (laughs) It was uh, it was the like. There were no wizards with healing spells. There, there were not bards with healing spells unless they were some kind of multi-class who took a level in cleric. Which multi-class rules was much different back then as well. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I am not a big fan of the default potion system uh, that they use currently. Like, I'm, you've all played in my campaign where the healing potions, in my, rather doing the 1d8, which is what the standard healing potion in the D and D dungeon master's guide, I believe does is one D eight of healing per potion. Uh, I, I do a percentage of your total hit points. You know, the, the weak healing potion does 25% of your total hit points. And most of that is because at low levels, one D eight is great at level 10, one D eight ain't shit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, I'm feeling so, good. Well, your legs, I, I like off, my, but... 
healing potions to have the same value throughout the game rather than uh you know just at just at the low levels um so yeah healing potions are are, are a great way to to supplement or replace the traditional healer um the alchemist class still like they have one for the artificer it's they just still not quite it. where it really should be for a healer replacement alchemist which I, I think, think could be a very fun way to do things, but I think it's going to be a topic for not. I think it's going to be a topic for our next episode is why D and D needs more classes instead of just like the twelve, um, thirteen, third. Nah, artificer's not a class. Yeah, Ar Ar artificer. Yeah, not a class. Not, it's not going to be in the core book again. Yeah, so still yeah. not a class. I'm a blood hunter, but. <laughs> I uh, I I want to. Yeah, there's a lot of third party a, classes. I think we'll talk about that in the next episode. Um, where Pathfinder kind of has it right, where they have like a multitude of options, and yeah. instead of trying to make everybody do what one does, that they just have another option for you. So I think we'll talk about that one. Um, what about? I I like this idea because it, it it's in the army in a sense, and it's in the armed forces in general. I just I, I'm in the army, so I speak for the army. Uh, healer kits, and I think about that as our IFAX, our uh, uh, first aid kit. I can't, uh, can't think of what the I stands for. Yeah, it's been a hot minute since I've had to think about that. I know it's first aid kit, fact, but I don't know what I can't remember what I is. But I think I like having this. Like, you get to roll your wisdom saver, uh, wisdom modifier, uh, or you roll. And it's like maybe a D4 plus your wisdom modifier to kind of like help people like having a small first aid kit. Like everybody has one. It's an overlooked item. He was right on this one. It doesn't, uh, doesn't take a full blown healer to have some luck with bandages. Healer kits are often overlooked, uh, for more magical forms of healing, but they still help out quite a bit. Rules is written. Say they take a wisdom check and only can only stabilize a creature that has reached zero hit points. But maybe unless, if we added, unless you take the healer feet. That's right. I, I was going to say you also have the healer feet, but maybe you just, everybody, I wouldn't say much as a healer feet. Maybe the healer feet would double. And well, the, the healer feet is what changes it from just stabilizing to actually giving back. Hit so, so here's my, here's my, my argument, my argument to it. Um, and here's how I would do it. And you can tell me where I'm an idiot. Uh, I don't care, but you would do it at zero or sorry, so your wisdom modifier would be always base zero plus a D4. All right, and that's without the healer feet. All right, so if you have a modifier of two, you're able to say, hey, help them out, whatever's in your IFAC. You take the healer feet, it's double your wisdom modifier. Um, so if you've got like a four wisdom modifier, then it's an eight. So you, you're really actually healing. So that way, and it would kind of help out. So you wouldn't have to have like a healer and it would make it to where people would actually use well, some of the more mundane items in their kits. Well, what I would say is go with that where the healer kit, I would actually say it just does five HP. Boom. That's it. Five HP. But um, say for the person who is like, when you apply a healer, a healer's kit, if you have the healer's, feet it applies your wisdom modifier and the uh recipient's constitution modifier yeah i like that that's pretty good except and then for the, well if, constitution if modifier were, base zero and if it, yeah okay. yeah five and then uh, their your wisdom their con they that's how many hit points they get back and if you become proficient in healers kits Let's make them a tool. 
just make them a tool, you get to add your proficiency bonus on top of that. I, a lot of healing. I would think right that. there. In that way, you're you're not feeling like you have to pigeonhole in like a bard, a druid, or a cleric. I'm just Anybody going with those are like our basic yeah. healers. Uh, yeah, paladin, and I wouldn't even consider a paladin. I I don't have a problem with the way they are. I think it does enough that that you you because the out of combat healing is so easy. You take a short rest, and you're gonna you know take your hit dice and healing. Um, but that's that, out of combat though. Like yeah, if you're in the middle of a fight, if you're if you're able to stabilize them using the healer's kit during the fight, even without the healer feet giving them them hit points back, that that's another another point from uh Baldur's Gate we should have brought up but it's fine we can talk about it now the way they do short rest is awesome short rest if you have the durable feet you get the whole thing but short rest gives you 50% of your hit points back boom uh you only get two per long rest yeah that's how short rest should work well that yeah. is how short rest works well I got to give that <laughs> I got to give that one to Loke for once that is yeah. except that that's not how people really that's use not them. how yeah that's not how they're used in in real tables but by yeah. by the rules that yeah get get rid of the hit dice just do 50 percent of your health well boom we'll, we'll get done. to the hit dice because there's a hit dice thing in here i actually kind yeah. of enjoy uh here's two of them that are back to back and they're essentially the same thing uh and i i say no to this first off plot armor people need to die yeah. your characters need to know that there are consequences for doing things because otherwise they're just going to do dumb things and think, well, I'm a main character, so I can't die. And it's, it, then it goes right into divine intervention, which is the same thing as plot armor. Yeah. That's like playing, playing a game with the cheats on it. You're going to, you beat the game in three minutes and you never play that game again, rather than spending hours and hours. That's where you establish your dominance as a DM first uh, combat. You kill the paladin (laughs) just outright. Like, I've done that. Okay. I've done that. I've done that. None, as a DM, none of you gonna, like... You think you're going to get away with this because uh, plot armor? No, you could all die into the world. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes on to use rest, which we just talked about. I think that the uh, the rest thing actually works out if you do two rest per long, which kind of helps out having a bunch of them. Uh, spell scrolls. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm down for spell scrolls, but those are, I think, don't need to be near as abundant. I don't think I've actually seen a healing spell scroll, though, in BG3. Aid. Aid is the only one I've seen. Yeah, I haven't seen it's any other a, It's the arcane healing spell. Yeah, yeah, and, and in in standard five e, there are rules out there for making your own scrolls. But it's uh, those complicated, you know, crafting stuff that they, yeah. you know, we're worried about making. But, uh, we're worried about making stories about how you can go to prom and run a coffee shop. Well, but because we can't fix our they're, goddamn they're, crafting you know, system. You know, there's people who abuse the hell out of any kind of crafting system that's put together where. You know, so oh, I'm going to take every time everybody takes a long rest, I'm going to spend that eight hours with my coffee lock who never sleeps <laughs> producing oh, yeah. scrolls of healing and wind up with 10,000 scrolls of healing that everybody has. And that's why you have a chance to fail. Yeah. Chance to fail. Yeah. Uh, you got to roll a, a, a spell ability check based on your spell casting modifier. Yeah. Yeah. So the DC based on the difficulty of the spell. Sure, you could pump out ten thousand healing words, but at level, you know, and thirteen, still, that healing word's not doing shit. And there's still exhaustion, like from doing that. Like you may not mm-hmm. be able to get exhaustion from not sleeping, but you definitely could get uh, exhaustion from working like that. Like, 
Right. You, you still have to take a rest. You can't just keep going. But um, I like this one, though, and I forgot that this was a thing until I read this. Uh, and he was he, he's right about this one. Healing Surge. That it's a variant rule that has uh, become increasingly popular as 5th edition has grown. Healing Surge has enough power to, behind it to keep your party alive with the absence of a healing character. And it's super simple to run. The basis is that any character can use an action or a bonus action to use their hit dice as they would during a short rest. The character's constitution modifier is then added to the total of the roll for a boost of healing. It's a nice optional rule that works much like a healing spell in and out of con uh, combat. I say keep it as a... I don't like it. I say keep it as a as a as a regular action, not a bonus action. Um, so it has to be your action, and if you leave it that way, I think it's actually a pretty decent little thing to keep you moving um, without having a healer. I think a bonus action, then you get rogues and other characters that still get like having a barbarian with that, and not imagine how you using that healing action and then getting to make a full fledged attack is just insane. So I think it's a full yeah. action would make it. I, I don't like it. Cause it's, it, it's going to kind of step on the toes of the fighter with their second wind. Um, Cause now your barbarian basically has second wind. Well, that's and, why they need to give and half damage. They need to definitely give... makes them better than a, they need fighter. to give something there needs to be like I've never really cared for second win with a fighter anyway. It's not that it's a bad ability, it's just that it's kind of lackluster when it comes to a fighter. So, I think once per short rest, it takes your whole action, your bonus action, and your speed drops to zero because you have to focus to do it. Or apply nah, bandages, I think whatever. You should still get the bonus action. Like if you want to if you want to limit your zero your speed to zero, I'm 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 cool with that. But I'm not about uh, the bonus action is still like I, you still need to be able to do something. Yeah. Otherwise, it's people aren't going to want to do fo it. You're focusing on healing yourself. That way, the the fighter's second wind is still a viable option for the fighter in the thick of the fight. I, I think that I, I they think need that. to go back in and relook at second wind anyway because it's it's kind of lackluster. Like I said, it's just a lackluster ability. For a self heal, it's, it's really a way to keep yourself alive at the last moment. Yeah. yeah, and the the point of keeping yourself alive is also part of the problem I have with it. Uh, your party should be the one that's healing you in some way. Uh, you know, spare the dying is a cantrip. Yeah, spare the dying is a cantrip. And it's a full action. Healing word, healing word is a bonus action. Um, you know, and almost all magic casting classes have access to healing word. At some so point. the idea is behind is yeah. no healing class behind you. Right. Like, no, 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 no. I'm talking all magic non-healing classes. You can get healing word as a bar. You can pick up magic initiate as a feat and pick up healing word. Um, it, it, everybody there, has the potential to be. Here. Yeah, healing healing is so easy in five e already. To go ahead and add, and, and it is so hard to kill players uh, unless you, I mean, you get extremely you disintegrate lucky with them. disintegrate. <laughs> it's my way of doing it. Yeah, fuck it. I, I just said Alex's character not too long ago. That's why that's an example. It's all right. He came back. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't intentional. It just had bad luck on the dice, but. I'm okay with limiting it to so many hit dice because I think what you get, how many hit dice do you get per? One per level. One per One level. One per level, yeah. So you limit it, and that kind of keeps you 
the idea is not to take so many rests. Like, that's the issue I have a lot with the game, is people will just take so many rests because they'll, they'll abuse the rest system. And giving them this chance to do it, and, I, and I'm very fine with them not being restored to a long rest. So if you're level two, you've got two of these that you get to, um, and you get to roll your hit dice to re regain that. It's a full bonus. It's a full action, not a bonus action. And I think that's a decent way of keeping you up and keeping you going. Right. But you're using the same resource that the short rest would use. Um, so you don't get, guess what you don't get on a short rest? You just don't take a short rest. Yeah. So if, if you if you had this function, you've just negated short rests. So you need short warlock rest to restore. Needs the short, you, you'll need short rest yeah. to restore spell slots and uh, different for war, yeah, for, uh, class for features. For warlock and a certain, yeah. For certain classes, you need it for certain features. Yeah, uh, monks like, get their key points back. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. But like the cleric who doesn't ever need a short rest is Which, always going to vote no. <laughs> but then I don't again, remember. We're, about we're, not, we're not with a cleric, so it doesn't matter. I don't remember if um, maybe uh, too bad we don't have one of our rules lawyers. But do monks get back their full key points at a short rest, or is it a certain amount? It's a certain amount. Yeah, because in Baldur's Gate, it's all their key points, which blew my mind the first time I did it. At like, how what eight nine key points I'm at right now. Oh, I'm pulling it up right now. Um, actually, that's a Mr. Producer thing. Can you do that? Uh, I want to say yeah, I'm, I'm looking it up. Appreciate um, it. Um, nah, I, like I, I think that it's it, it's a pretty decent. The way, like I said, the way I'm describing, it, I think it would work out. And you don't, it, okay? So you burn out your your hit dice for that short rest. You don't get a coming back. You're not gonna have it when you need it later down the line. So you've got to make that gamble. Where does the where is this gonna take me? Is this gonna help me survive until I can take the long rest, or am I gonna be kind of sol come the next combat? And that's the idea behind it. Like I think that would honestly, I think. Um, simplifying the crafting system and just making, you know, potion ingredients more available, make, being able to make healing potions, I think would be enough. It's a 30 minute rest to regain all your key points. So it's a short rest. Ah, so it's a short rest. Okay. Yeah. It's not even a short rest. You could just say, okay, we're standing around for 30 minutes. I get all my key points back. Yeah. I'm not. No, that ain't happening. And then his final, his final answer to this one, which, Kind of is the reason why I say having withers around would be great is just employ a non-playable character to join your D and D party. The issue with that is, is then you kind of have to play two characters, or somebody's got to play two characters. The, yeah, the DM, the DM is basically controlling the DMPC. It. Yeah, yeah. The DMPC is. I don't like that. Part of that's also we play in such large groups. There's no reason for it. Mm -hmm. um, if you've ever played in like a a DM with two players type game. Um, I could see where you would need, you might need an NPC healer along, um, but in most games, it, it is completely unnecessary. Uh, right. This this is just the option out there because sometimes I've seen a lot of. Uh, I was looking through uh, the forums. I think I was on Reddit or something like that. And people were talking about looking for a game, and some people were a lot of them were like, "Hey, look, for, looking for a non magical campaign and stuff like that." And how are you going to come across these issues? when you don't have this kind of magic and stuff like that, and you obviously you're going to need more healing potions to kind of supplement it. Uh, it's very hard to have a non-magic campaign, though. Yeah, Just... the 5e is designed not to be a non-magic campaign. Because yeah. other than the champion fighter, 
almost everybody gets some form of that and, and the barbarian uh almost everybody gets some form of magic these days i would i would uh, say in 5e as it stands it, it healing is ridiculously easy uh yeah. now if we were to go to dark sun Mm, healing's a lot more difficult. Look at him trying to convince yeah. us to play something we don't want to play right now. <laughs> oh no, dark. Whoop, we played Dark Sun in a heartbeat. They just haven't made it for Five E. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, that's that's when you build three characters going into it. Yeah, they they they've decided there are problematic elements of Dark Sun, and they will never produce uh, the Dark Sun for Five E module. So you would have to actually convert the old second edition one yourself. Which um, I think there's somebody in progress doing that. So yeah, there's a lot of them out there. I saw, uh, I was talking about this before the, uh, before the show. Uh, there was a indie RPG that's coming out that made $4 million on their Kickstarter. They just ended. Yes. On the fifth of January. And I gotta, I gotta tell you, man, uh, probably last topic for the show. Um, yeah. I think that we're we're watching the death of D and D right now. Like I like I know you you all have talked about that it's come back three times and stuff like that. But the, I don't know if this one's going to come back as a zombie. I think I think the brand itself has done more damage to itself this time. Like in the in previous previous editions, what's been the big thing that's really killed it off? Satanic Panic. This well, one, no. This one's kind of like it shot itself in the foot. Yeah. Well, and it, each time it's come back, it's basically come back under new ownership corporate structures, you know, where, it, you know, the original Gary Gygax and crew, and then they, they incorporated under the TSR umbrella, and then TSR went away, and it went under Wizards of the Coast. Then Wizards of the Coast is now under Hasbro, uh, you know. So the new, it would, it would, New ownership, new management would, ha and that new management will have to rehab the damage that's been done by I, the previous one. But how but do it, you go back in your retcon all that stuff that they've put out and people? Because when I say this right now, look at Disney and look at uh, Marvel, for instance. Like the brand is so damaged, people are like, "Oh, another Marvel movie? Why am I going to bother with that?" Yeah. And that's that's my theory behind it, that it's gotten into that point where it's in the realm of, it's more in the realm of, people just going to know when you put Dungeons and Dragons out there that not a lot of people are going to want to watch it or be a part of it or do it. That these other indie RPGs that are taking off right now, and I, I really wish I still had the story pulled up because I would, I would call them out and shout them out. Uh, and I hope that they deliver on the product. I hope it's a really good one. I'd like to see yeah. more stuff, but I think that we're slowly watching the death of the game that we love. Yeah. I, I, I go ahead, look. I, I like. I believe we are seeing the death of the Hasbro Wizards of the Coast D and believe some one of these independent publishers that even even after all the damage is done especially one of these smaller publishers, if they can pick up at a bankruptcy sale, the, uh, the D and D name just for the D and D brand name recognition that one of the small publishers will pick it up and try to rehab the name. Now there may, there may, it may take a while. It may, they may have to not put something out for two or three years. It's kind of like a pilot cleanse and then start putting, you know, new product out under the new management. 
and be clear. They'll have to be clearly different uh, in their their marketing, in their their business model, to show that they are not the corporate hacks that Wizards of the Coast and and Fire Jeremy has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they they will not be able to bring on the the current people who are screwing things up. They they would have to definitely have a, a clean cut with the current management. Um, I think they can do it. I, I don't think the brand itself is irrevocably damaged. I think the corporation it is currently tied to. No, absolutely. I, I, I would say it's both. Cannot though. save it. I, I think it's both. I think absolutely Hasbro is completely without fail. I've seen so many people talking about how they've gotten uh, different items from Hasbro and they're way overpriced and they're under delivering. It's like the cheapest Chinese plastic you can find in your life. And, but with what they've done to the game that people knew and destroying the, like they sent fire to their own brand on it. And I, I don't, I don't think so. I think that we're, we're seeing a surge in players just flocking over to Pathfinder and to these other ones. The only reason I know Pathfinder and the only reason I'm speaking to Pathfinder is because that's the game I originally started playing TTRPGs on. It was, it was that. I moved over to play a little bit of D&D as more of my friends wanted to play D&D. And then when I met all of y'all, everybody was like, well, we're playing 5e. I was like, well, I guess I got to play 5e. And I got more introduced into the D&D realm and started learning and following and and doing all this stuff. But I just, I don't see it coming back this time. I think when you say it, I think that people are going to be like, yeah. I think that's happened before. That happened with fourth edition. Fourth edition maybe should have killed Dungeons and Dragons, but it didn't. That's because with all this flocking to the new indie titles, eventually people slide back to D&D. It happened to me. I stopped playing for about six to seven years. And then I started playing uh, Chaosium's uh, basic role playing and the attached module fantasy role playing. And we played a game with that for a while. And then the next game I played after that was going to game on and playing fifth edition. Yeah, I, I personally and, never played fourth edition. Yeah, I skipped I, fourth edition I entirely. Di- I think the difference between, and there's actually like truth in what you were saying, Bolg, uh, about how people like come back to it. But I think the, the difference between fourth edition and where we are now is the widespread social media that we didn't have near as much of during that fourth edition era. Like, Did you right, play right. fourth and edition I, pirate captain? So what? Did you play fourth edition? I start, I played, I think a couple months of it. And cause I, we played a little bit while I was overseas. Uh, no, no fourth edition was before my time overseas. Where did I play fourth edition? I think I played like, I, I played it once and I didn't like it. And I went back to Pathfinder. I, I kind of, you know, fourth edition was my first game and I, it was very difficult for me to go from the fourth edition system into the fifth edition system. Well, then edition had transitions. Yeah. I think I played it when I was overseas in Afghanistan. Cause I think it was right before. Yeah. 428 to 2013. So I was in Afghanistan 2011. So yeah, that's when I played it. I played See, it with a friend of mine. Uh, my, my not my playing buddy. fourth edition wasn't because I, I was, I was at the point where a lot of people are now with, uh, Wizards of the Coast, I was at that point in third edition um, with it, problems they had and issues they had, and I left the game completely at that it, time. 
it, it's I just didn't before. come back until after fourth edition. Um, there are a lot of good concepts, and I love the minion concept. We've talked about it on this show before that they had in the in the rule books for fourth edition to fix some of the the uh, advantages the players have with the uh, turn mechanics. Uh, action economy, that's the word I was looking yeah. for. Uh, to, to counter the action economy issues where you put the minion one hit point minions uh, so you don't have to track their health or anything like that. If they get hit, they die. But they they add into the action economy. They each get an attack. Yeah, and they swarm uh, and stuff like and that. And they swarm, but, yeah. Um, but I like that idea. They So there were good ideas in 4th edition. I'm not, but yeah. the stuff... The company had done had gotten to the point where it had driven its fans away um and, and it took a long time for us to come back and i think i think like and i've heard this from a few people that i've listened to like bolg was saying is that people just eventually fall back to D, but i don't see him doing this now with so many more options out there and there are actually a lot ones that are super close to D, from what i've been reading uh, if anybody knows any, definitely drop a comment. I've, I've been I've been checking out the ones that people have uh, have mentioned in the comments. I really appreciate that. Uh, we're what? we're just trying to learn and figure things out. But That's... I think that with the way social media was then versus now, that it's more like more people's concerns and voices are being a lot heard, and I think that that's where these new systems are. I think that we're, man, man, I would, so, I would rather be wrong on this yeah, than I would be so right. You're underestimating some of the power, the history, and nostalgia factor. Yeah, is going to there's happen. the the uh, this has happened before. People have flocked to these indies, and then they've come back. These indies have always been around. Uh, Palladiums, Traveler, Gerps. That they've always been around, and people just steadily stream back. There, there are the mainstays that stay. I mean, I'm playing in a cyberpunk campaign with a guy who's been playing cyberpunk since it's, it first came out, and never went back to D and D. He's only been playing cyberpunk. Yeah, but and um, even back in the day, even D and D TSR, D and D, they produced other games besides D and D. You know, unlike Wizards, who puts all their eggs in one basket and tries to make D and D everything. Uh, right. PSR used to they they had their Gamma World, which was their post apocalyptic yep. uh, version of D and D. They had their other the Star Space one. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my which head. Gamma World's on what uh, seventh edition now, sixth edition. Yeah, something like that. My my prediction my prediction for this and this, as we wrap this up, I I think that people are going to actually the the fallback to is eventually going to be Pathfinder and not D and D. And I think it's just because Pathfinder kind of gives its players, for the most part, from what I've seen and understood about Pathfinder, um, it gives its players what players want. And the fact that they're coming out with a second edition was just be like, eh, I guess we'll hit the reset button and give you a version two on this one. But I, I, I think we're seeing the death of it. I don't want to. I would rather be wrong. I would yeah. rather be wrong on this one than be right. And I, I like a, my last comment, I guess, would be I, I could even see a Paizo because Paizo started out as a D&D yeah. supplement. If D&D were to crash and burn and go under and at a fire sale, I could see a Paizo picking up, be able to stamp their books with that D&D logo and be Pathfinder D&D edition and, and just just to have that name on theirs yeah. to where it will never die. 
And for my last point, I guess I'm looking at it both pessimistically and optimistically. Pirate Captain, you're absolutely correct. Social media is a big reason why things are different this time around. But I think that's both bad and good. They're seeing the bad of what's, you know, the company's been doing, but it's also drawing in a lot of new players with the streaming, with the uh, movies. All of that is drawing people in. Word of mouth is getting around. Um, but the word but of at the same time, the it is dying. And uh, something needs to change. Either there needs to be a shakeup at Hasbro, Wizards of Coast, or it goes on fire sale. But unlike Logue, I don't think it's going to be a small company that buys it up. I think brand recognition, yeah, you might be looking at somebody bigger buying it up. Who knows? Maybe in five years, we'll be looking at Microsoft Presents Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, dear God. All right. Let's finish this out, boys. Uh, make sure you follow us on all our social media. It is Chef Volg and the Pirate Captain's Recipes for Everything. Make sure you follow, find these three mugs on Facebook. Our, uh, I clicked the wrong link. Our Twitter. We are, we're not super active on Twitter, but we do like to post when we have new videos. You can always follow us there, interact with us. We will respond. Make sure you like and subscribe wherever you're getting this podcast, whether it's on YouTube. A really big shout out to everybody that's subscribed so far in the last couple months. The people who have made these videos are our biggest videos. A thousand views on a video with a channel with 67 subscribers. Huge. And it's all because of you. Shout out to you. Thank you for all of that. Make sure you follow us on our, we have different platforms where we're at for audio. Maybe you're an audio only person. We're on Amazon. We're on Google. We're on Spotify and Apple everywhere you go. With that being said, say goodbye, Bolg. Goodbye, Bolg. Say goodbye, Loke. Yeah. Say goodbye, Mr. Producer. Bye, guys. As always, happy adventures. Yar. You've been listening to Chef Bogue and the Pirate Captain's Recipes for Everything, featuring Loke the Bard. Like, follow, subscribe, and share this podcast. You can also find them on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Just search for Chef Bogue and the Pirate Captain's Recipes for Everything. Questions, comments, and mutiny requests can be sent to bogandpc at gmail.com. And as always, happy adventures.